Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is TV's Nick Shadle. Uh, just jumping in at the top here to let you all know that the recording of this week's podcast was a fucking technical disaster. Now, normally I pride myself on a quality edit with seamless connections between uh, otherwise disparate parts of our recording. But this week, realistically, that is just going to be impossible. So instead, I'm doing the reverse. Anytime you hear this thing, that indicates some form of technical catastrophe. Did Skype fuck up again? Did Michael's computer stop recording? Did we have to do a restart, which took over 40 minutes? Who knows? Play along at home. In the meantime, enjoy this episode, and hopefully things will be back to normal next week. All right. How do you want to start? Oh, you, you don't want to just be, like, naturally charismatic, as oh. always? I know. I had a good, uh, you, uh, a good openness. You're delegating your, uh, your natural charisma. I had a couple of questions me. for you. You got a couple of questions um, for me. Just a couple of icebreakers. <laughs> okay. We've done 121 podcasts. But yes, let's break yeah. the ice. Um, do you wash your legs in the shower? Yes. And everyone should. Yeah. Okay. Just think about it. That's where all the cum drips down to. <laughs> so intense. The only way. I said icebreaker. <laughs> There's no point reading another question, is there? Um, Do you wash your legs in the shower? No. Nah. F- never. You never no. get down there. Really? I wash my thighs. Well, thighs don't really count. Yeah, we're talking well, shins here. Yeah. A shin no, wash. I mean, Do you wash your feet? Oh yeah, you gotta wash your feet. Wait, you wash your feet, but you don't wash your shins. I I need to wash my feet. <laughs> okay, that's more horrible. If you know what I mean. So um, every time you're in the shower, you're washing your feet. Yeah, but Although then you gotta... skip the you skip a shin. See, I just never even thought about it. It's kind of like my lower back. I don't wash that either. Um, because I know it's just all kind of like. What about upper back? Do, so you do you do do an over the shoulder? I'll do a shoulder. You do yeah. a shoulder, but then we go over, like upper back. Well, not even you don't even bother with like shoulder blades, anything down there, off limits. I'll do like the shoulders because I I figure that that's like if you've got like oily or like the oils in your hair. Yeah, your neck's good. Neck's important. Shoulders less so. But like they're in the vicinity, so they just kind of all get done. Plus, yeah, I think with that... the higher up the body you are, the more it feels like you can count on the runoff from the other important areas kind of covering that base. So when you're washing yeah. your hair, it's kind of like, well, it's all going to run off my shoulders anyway. I'm basically covered. But That's the lower the lower down you go, that feels less likely because then you're in you're in pure water down there. True. You're, you're catching, you know, direct spray. Yeah. Michael, is it possible that you've... Uh, just just take a look at this picture and examine your setup and just just see if you can spot anything which might be wrong. Just have... Just see if you can... Wait, just take a, Skype thing. Just have a look at your Skype. Just look at what I'm seeing right now. 
Just, just tell me if there's anything you can see that you might have done wrong. Okay, it's either about the crab or you're going to say something about my microphone. Are you? Yes. You're going to say that the button is on mute? Uh-huh. No, it's not. No, I'm, I'm talking about the microphone. Yeah. Notice how the button is facing me. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Which way does the microphone need to point? Oh, that's yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. We point we point the microphone to point the microphone towards the face. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's very nice. I think there was there were a few ways to go about that. And one of one of them was really condescending. And the other one was just a I'll just point it out. The only way you chose the first one. The only obviously. reason that I went condescending is because you've done it before. If this is a first time mistake, sure. I, I I'll cut it out of the episode. No one needs to know that you um, started the show um, backward facing. Second time round, that's an open. That's an open season. Hunting's in session. I think there's an argument to be made um, for. The fact that you kind of are condescending in general as part of your personality. <laughs> All this is, is you're lashing out because you feel uh, mistreated. You're latching I mean, on to any ammunition you have at hand. <clears throat> I mean, even this is condescending. <laughs> you're trying... explaining. Your psychology is set up so that... Yeah, that, that's the kind of condescending I could be. It's all good. I take I, I take criticism well. I've had heaps of practice. <laughs> heaps of practice at at taking the criticism, just receiving criticism, just, just from all all parties, all directions. Well, mostly my dad. Sometimes That's really you where it started. Um. Then the teachers. Um. Then the police. Mm-hmm. Ex-girlfriends. Uh, ex-girlfriends. Um, the mirror. Yeah. And then, finally, the internet. <laughs> that one bastion of safety that you thought you had for so many years, even that turned, turned its back on you. Oh. Ah, alas. Should have seen it coming. <laughs> Should have. Um, before we move past it, so you're, you're drinking a beer... Um, have you been drinking regularly? Less much? Less mm-hmm. more? I've had like a, a couple of drinking sessions. Um, I think I'm getting a little bit drunker a bit quicker, but I'm not really going over. I haven't had, had haven't had a big one. Yeah. I think my desire to drink these days, even before I did the dry July, was declining anyway. Just... Um, the hangover recovery mixed with just wanting to do, oh, what the fuck? Sorry. Garage band again. Yeah. That's all right. It's, um, it's stopping recording and saying disk is too slow or system overload. Is that good? 
<laughs> it's not ideal. You know, I'm a little bit tempted to... Uh, I was planning to just seamlessly edit through. But fuck me. I mean, it almost bears acknowledgement to the podcasting listeners that Michael's computer just took <laughs> half an hour to restart. And this is the kind of level of technology that we're fighting against. And that's why we've decided to launch a Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash Michael's computer, please just chip in $1 a month. And in the next three to five years, we'll have saved up enough to (laughs) upgrade your piece of shit laptop. Yeah, that was pretty unbearable. Welcome to D4! Yeah, this is a podcast. This is a podcast and we join the dots. And you've got a dot, I've got a dot. Do I have a dot? We draw circles around them and make them boobs. Sitting through the internet with me, <laughs> Michael Zabuki. ever? It is such a relief to see you. And I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Let's fucking do this now. Now I'm punchy. I'm ready. Let's 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 pod hard. Let's pod fast. Let's let's get this shit happening while every uh, planet is in alignment before things go. Yep. Bad. I'm just looking here at a at a spinning circle. Apologies to everyone if the audio is shit on this episode. If it is, it's because I've just used the Skype recording because Michael's computer has shat itself. So <laughs> forgive us. Uh, this week, let's talk about war, because it feels like we've been in a battle zone. And is it offensive to use that no. analogy? No, it's not. Well, <laughs> thanks so much for joining in. That was worth the half hour of sitting in front of our computers. Uh, follow us on Deep Fort. Uh... All right, so... Tell, talk to me... Talk to me about war. I think war is an interesting sort of area that we haven't uh, really explored in a great detail. So, um, I don't really have a huge jumping in point here, but there's a lot of. Um... I've got. A, I've, I've been mulling on this all day, so I've been. I've taken down a bunch of notes. Um, okay. Um, and I also got a big, a big email from my dad. Um, who, he's a maybe the first question we should ask. Maybe the most important question we should ask when talking about war, is why are dads really into the war? (laughs) Well, it's interesting. Um, It sounds silly, but they're closer to having experienced war than we are, right? But you're speaking specifically with regards to the world wars, right? Yeah, but that... The great wars. I mean, I know that there are wars ongoing now, but we're not witness to them in the same way. They're not conscripted armies. They're not um, active, hot wars. There's cold wars, there's technological wars, there's insurgencies and terrorism and all these kinds of things. But it's more abstract for us, right? And we're not forced to participate in it or even to really think about it. Whereas I think for our dads, their dads were in the war like they were in wars or around it um so for them i think they're into it because it was something that they learnt firsthand right yeah that that's definitely one 
reason why. I think there's also, I mean, as I'm getting older, when I was younger, war was probably the, the least interesting thing I could think of. And now as I get older, it, 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 is, it is becoming increasingly more interesting. And I, I think part of it is because it's, um, it's providing context for how you're living your life or how, you, how, how your life is um, currently. Um, as in for how it as, is the way that it is. How it is the way that it is. And a part of that is maturity and um and not taking things for granted and um so i think that i think there's a little bit of that as well um i think i think that you you're right but and that also part of that is the older you get the more you've seen the more you've seen disasters and near misses the more you have a sense of the fragility of society yeah the more you have an understanding of the cycles of life and how past human tendencies are still within us and you know it's a little on the nose but there was a fascist movement a hundred years ago and there's fascism rising in places around the world now so like i think i think the dads is 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 certainly a valid um suggestion but really i think it's it's almost more correlated with age really like the older you get the more you seem interested in in war right yeah, I think that's very true. Um, okay, well, can you think... All right, so I've got a bunch of notes here. Obviously, there's negative consequences of war. Uh, uh, war... Arguably, it's only negative consequences. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. So if you're saying that there are only negative consequences of war, you are basically... You would argue then that war is not necessary. That's me taking a a a, a, f- a kind of a devil's advocate position. I I do think that there have been obvious benefits of war. Um, you know, war stopped Hitler. You can't really argue against certain outcomes from um, from war. So it was a little bit glib, but okay. Yeah, I, I suppose the that's that's kind of a question of your principles rather than the reality or the history, right? In how you ascribe the morality of war. Uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> so I was trying to, I was trying to think of, um, examples where war was, um, beneficial broadly speaking. And I was asking my dad and he's often brought up the, uh, Nagasaki bomb. Wait, Hiroshima. Uh, they're they're the same. Uh, they're not the same. The same. They're from okay. the same war. So I'll just read out what Dad said. Um, the biggest question is always: Does the end justify the means? Um, for example, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Also, the finger pointing that goes, the finger pointing that goes when we hear about soldiers firing at innocent victims in raids and going from village to village. It is always a snapshot, and they are judged ferociously for it. However, the context is different. Scared 19-year-olds having seen their comrades killed getting itchy fingers. The ethics behind sending young men to fight war in, say, Vietnam, which was highly susceptible to communism. (laughs) I just realized that that wasn't wasn't, uh, as specific as I remembered. (laughs) (laughs) He's 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 
he's uh, thrown a few um, valid points forward, right? One of which is the um, the age of the people over there, which I think is interesting, and I have something on, but we might table that a little bit later for the discussion. Um, but the ends justifying the means is that's kind of that's that's around the vicinity of what we're talking about, right? Which is the idea of the morality of it. Um, was his was his positioning there that the um, the Japanese atomic bombs were a situation where the ends were justified or were worth? He, he was. He's always argued that when people say that the drum bop, uh, the bomb dropped on um, Hiroshima was a, an act of evil. He has always argued that it it was done to prevent um, a lot of harm done to the US. Well, I mean, it's 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 tough because you're talking hypothetically, but he's he's always argued that the US needed to to bomb the fuck out of Japan in order to minimize harm in their own country. Yeah. That that's definitely a perspective which many in America and around the world would would support. It is interesting though that we now live in a world in which, you know, I have Japanese friends. Like if you actually take a step back and just think about it, like not like within our lifetime within our sorry, within the lifetimes of people who are still living, um, these countries were actively hostile towards each other. And now you have like friends on the other side and and you wonder whether that's because of the way the war played out or whether it reflects the fact that ultimately there's not much difference between us do you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean wars wars funny because you have these in many cases maybe like with um israel and palestine you have areas like areas that are or communities that are living side by side and they've they've developed this extreme rivalry if you want to if you want to be um uh generous <laughs> but there's that the war kind of exists almost exclusively politically do you know what i mean it, it like, comes about war, war is yeah oh well maybe is that is that true War is a political act because a war, I think, only takes place between, well, the wars that we're talking about, they take place between nation states, right? I suppose you can have wars between different peoples. You can have sects or religions within a a state. But I think they're all, um, I think they're all for political purposes, right? Yeah. No one really has a war without without some sort of political goal. Right. So what I was trying to say is that that war seems to, generally speaking, war seems to come about as a result of high-level government officials deciding that they are going to war with another country, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't necessarily trickle down to the people 
As so in you the can people have... don't know or the people don't have that say or the people well, aren't can... actually as motivated as those at the top are. There's a detachment between um, calling yourself, you know, just that, let's, let's say, for example, um, the United States going to war with Japan. There's a detachment between calling yourself an American or a Japanese person and also being at war with those countries. But the, that war is almost, it's, it's not really, war doesn't exist on a personal level. It exists at... Yeah, you can't have a one-man you know, war. Almost a, at an official level. Yeah. So it's not like the whole country has decided, oh, we hate the Japanese now. It's, this is like strategy and, and um, you know, the government wants, you know, the US government wants the Japanese government to behave in this way or they want, they want certain uh, things that, that or they uh, want Iraq a, has or something. want to hinder a different foe, you know, like we do one thing in one country because they're allied with a different country or yeah. they've got a supply line or they've got a... You know, like it can it can be so political that it's actually you're attacking the person who's not the person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess, I guess, like the main reasons for war would be probably territory, um, assets. We, weirdly, I mean, the I'm kind of like speaking as if I I don't I don't actually know much about this, but but like you said. The U.S. government um, kind of thinks of itself as, as like I don't know if it thinks of itself as like the schoolyard bully that's kind of keeping everyone else in line. But you know when it like in, it um, interferes in um, you know other governments such as I don't know where were they Afghanistan or Iraq and stuff. They're kind of acting like this. They're, they're almost saying this is how you. This is how we want you to. Um, we want you to hold yourselves. Yeah. Sorry, what was your point with that? It's just interesting the way that they um that that some of the the purpose of that is to actually instill American values into other places. Yeah. Which seems kind of ridiculous in a way, but also seems really necessary. Well, again, it depends on the situation we're talking about, isn't it? But yeah, in, in terms of if you're going to do a short list of the potential uh, outcomes that uh, war-seeking bodies are after, I think um, uh, territory is one of them. I think assets or something that they possess there is one of them. And then political upheaval or stability like either ousting a person in charge who's a threat or installing a a, a functioning democracy where there wasn't one or or attempting for the sake of those around who may be your allies um to make the situation better for them you know that that's like the that's the ring in kind of um the side of of being a superpower is that if you're allied with a smaller country that needs your help, you might have to come into battle for them. Right. And you were saying, you were saying earlier that um, you had some friends that 
were enlisted in the Navy, in the New Zealand Navy? No, no, in the Australian Australia. Navy. Yeah. One of my friends uh, out of high school went over, um, I can't remember actually where she first went to, but um, yeah, she joined the Navy and she's been there ever since. So that's a good decade. Um, And I mean, obviously Australia is unique in its own sense because it's not it's not connected to other places, right? So all of our forces and armed services, uh, <laughs> you have to like travel somewhere else for it. Um, but then um, secondly, it, like I, I believe that the Navy is mostly humanitarian work a lot of the time, um, or at least the Australian Navy, because we're not really having naval battles anymore, <laughs> anywhere really. Uh, so I think those services. But they are do more... other things. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's but no one's having a ship fight, are they? I wish they did. You just want to play a master just like with, commander, just like with cannons and stuff. Cannons, yeah, pirate fights. Um, now they're like border security, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, some of them. Well, actually, isn't I actually don't know if the navy does border security in the sense of like. Um like border force border force is the is the right. department right but yeah. i don't know if they're navy people or they're not i don't know if it's the same or different there was a period of about 6 months that i was genuinely considering um enlisting why was that well um seems like a good option the government pays for a degree mm-hmm. for you um you get a salary i mean in in some ways it seemed like a bit of a cop-out a cool haircut sick haircut nice boots i assume they come with the with the deal with, yeah part of the deal Gets but yeah i was in the sea there's plenty of and it's yeah that's that's the other thing the ads that you see they it does seem like um, like it would be exciting, uh, at least some How do you think time. your personality would have fit into a naval um, architecture? So the, other, the other thing was um, that it would be an external discipline that I could opt into, which would, which, because I found, you know, self-discipline a little difficult. So there was that as well. I thought. So you like actually I... thought that was appealing. Yeah. Interesting, because I like when I think of that kind of regimented lifestyle. Get up at five a.m. You know, you don't get to shit unless you get permission. Like all this kind of stuff, where it's you're at the whims and behest of this very sort of rigid hierarchical power structure. It just feels very antithetical to my interests and desires i like the idea of it i tend to romanticize things though i'll I'll give me anything i'll romanticize it yeah i don't know i mean maybe it is one of those things where actually you find the the rhythm and i don't mean just you you i'm speaking about myself as well but like maybe it does become more palatable when you're in it in a way like from the outside it sounds worse than it is. And in reality, it's just like calling people the right pronoun. 
It's Admiral. Colonel. And that's about it. <clears throat> um, the other thing is that, uh, that, I mean, the reason, there are a bunch of reasons why I decided not to go ahead with that. Although, when I, when I was 17, I did do it. I didn't let you take the of... saxophone on the water. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted to be the Navy's first saxophonist. Just standing at the bow. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to bring cool. I'm going to bring sac- cool to the... Just reenacting Titanic, but with the sax. <clears throat> yeah. Before you know it, everyone's smoking doobies on the <laughs> ship. <laughs> like, hey, guys, the... how about we just chill out a little? <laughs> the cool Navy. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's wearing like Ray Bans, uh, <laughs> fedoras. <laughs> I'm gonna shake things up. Ray Bans, fedoras, and saxophones—the the epitome of cool Navy experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's interesting that the government will pay. The government's basically bribing you. So you join the army. Yeah, that's what incentives are. Problematic. Problematic? Why is it problematic? I think problematic. Because we're not at war. Well, what does that have to do with it? Well, if you're at war, then it kind of feels like, okay, you actually need these people for something. Sure, bribe them. If we're not at war, then you're not really putting them in as much risk, right? Then, then it's kind of like, well, why not? Hey, you know, it's quiet. We need some people here to run the boats. Okay. That's fair. I guess I was just thinking about, like, being deployed immediately. Well, but so I don't like... think anyone goes into that op- uh, with without open eyes, you know? I was listening to some podcasts today on this subject on people, soldiers, and a lot of them were saying that they enjoy the fact that they are part of something bigger than them. Oh, not bigger than them. Something. They like the idea of being a pawn, basically, in a kind of a larger. I shouldn't community. have used pawn. I should have used cog. No, a I small mean, cog in a big chessboard. Chess <laughs> Part of uh, a bigger plan, part of a big picture plan. Yeah. And I was thinking that's precisely the reason why, like, I would be completely turned off by that. Because you're you're basically enacting uh, decisions made from, made by people way above you. Yeah. I mean... I mean, that that's so scary. That's a, such a scary thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, how, do your, the, how do your friends, how do your friends, um, kind of talk about well, it? It's interesting because I feel like it's one of those things where you either, you get it or you don't, you're either in or you're out. Like I can go up to a builder friend and be like, Hey, how's the, uh, how's the two by fours today? And they'll be like, okay, shut up, mate. You don't know what you're talking about. And I, I just... Um, I think that the Navy is the same way where like I'll ask them, oh, how's it all going? You know, you're enjoying it. But it's not like, I don't think it's like another job, you know, it's it's its own world. 
And unless you get it, unless you've done it and have been in it, I don't think there's they bother trying to explain it to you. Yeah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like, you're a civilian. Yeah. It's like like being in a religion. And I, I don't mean, like, I still get, like, you get the top level, which is like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was in Timor um, for a couple of weeks and we were dropping off rice or whatever. Like, you, you'll get a, a surface level thing. But I don't think that there's any sort of attempt, uh, well, at least from her, I haven't really had a an honest-to-God, like, chat where I've understood for her what the appeal was or what what it did for her that she needed, you know. She was yeah. a very smart woman. Uh, yeah. So... And that's... And, yeah. and she's got a couple of degrees out of it and, you know, like, obviously it pays pretty well, I think, and and they they contract you for years, right? So you sign up and it could be seven years out of the gate. And then you re-up because at that point, you know, you're seven years in and all of a sudden what's another three years or what's one more degree and another couple of stints of overseas travel. Um, mm. So what about, what about, um, what about the respect slash stigma? As in the of... idea of how we're treated in public. Yeah. How <clears throat> we treat it in public. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because that's that's a very American sort of archetype, isn't it? The idea of the, the respect vet, yeah. the, the respect, the doff your cap, the thank you for your service. That's that's an American trope. Um, I think I think that's universal. That's got to be universal, man. Like maybe but, it's not. It's not. Um, have you ever as... seen that in real life in Australia ever? We we do a thing um, for uh, we have a. a the Anzac national, yeah, Anzac kind of a digger mentality, where it's like the diggers. That's our sort of iconography and um, the uh, Remembrance Day side of the Anzac side of things. But I mean, the age of all of those veterans is is they're octogenarians now or older. So any of the um, any of the people you see there, you're not likely to bump into them in the street and realize they're returning veterans they're just you know they're grandparents now so i don't think that they have the same like i've seen um i've seen i don't know um navy or um army dressed um people around the place whether they're like in a supermarket or at the airport or something like that and i've never had the thought in my head i should go up and say thank you for your service and it's not, but but you do, res- but you do respect it. I respect right? the job, but I don't, I don't romanticize it. I don't think, and maybe that's maybe that's wrong of me. Maybe I should show them some more appreciation for what they've done. But I suppose, I su- uh, if I'm if I'm thinking it aloud now, and I'm, and I'm opening myself up to feedback on this, I suppose my thought process is. These days, it's voluntary. So if you opt in to go join one of these organizations, it is a choice you've made for your career. I I say that not because you're careerist, but you've made that choice because you wanted to do that job in the same way that a humanitarian could go work at an NGO and then go to Africa and hand out rice. Or, uh, you know, you could go and join an accounting firm 
and I to me they seem on a same nobility if that's if that makes any sense um and and maybe that's unreasonable because there is still the possibility and the occurrence when these people go off into dangerous areas and they you know fight combatants and save villages and and do real serious shit but for whatever reason in my head i i i don't think of it as as that fabled sacrifice like yeah. the world wars were yeah right yeah i guess by by that by that token <clears throat> you sh- should almost have as much respect for your local police well that's that was exactly the point i was about to say i, I was i was about to say that, that they seem to me the same way that they're, they're they're people who've decided to serve their community and to defend against um, the dangerous, um, but their playing field is overseas or or more more remote. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see them in the same way, which is I, I respect the police and I respect the armed services, um, but I don't I don't think that I ascribe. Uh, as much sacrifice out of it as I did to perhaps previous generations of those who served. And that's probably wrong of me. Um, I, 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 again, I suppose it's also situational as well. Cause in my head, when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about, um, you know, my f- uh, friend in the Navy, but you know, there are Australian troops in Afghanistan and, and I would, I do have that image of, of you've made a sacrifice there cause you went to a war zone for those, Afghanistan serving troops. So I suppose it is situational for me. But yeah, but then what what if what if you're what if the government is not making great decisions? And you you have thought that's 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 what is so scary about enlisting, I think. Is the I is you have such a lack of agency over what you're doing. Like you, you go. The the government could could start making horrendous decisions. You know, I'm sure you that in there are ethically compromising positions, and you just have to do them. I'm sure there are many instances of that in the Trump administration because his foreign policy is is all over the place. Um, but imagine if you're an LGBT serving um, service member over there. Um, like they've uh, ousted transgender people from the military. Like, what a fucking, <laughs> what a slap in the face that is! For yeah. If you're actively wanting to serve, completely able to serve in the military, and then <laughs> get cut, kicked out, it's like <laughs> it's ludicrously like evil. Um, so, so I don't know okay. how you reconcile your inherent learned respect for the the role and the hierarchy and the duty and the political reality which is at the head of the the pyramid the head of the the power chain could be an idiot yeah it's 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 also i mean on the subject of serving for your country 
directly correlated with um, patriotism. So you kind of you kind of assume that people that do enlist have uh, are incredibly patriotic, which automatically is I don't know a bit suspicious to me. I, I ascribe less patriotism these days than I used to. Again, I think it's the same sort of the slow diffusing of of the intensity of global conflict. So, like now, I I don't think that someone who joins up for the navy now um, is necessarily like doing it for patriotism. It they're doing it in the same way that like is a is a police officer like a a city patriot? Do they do it for the the pride of their city, or is it more like they're just a good person who's trying to help out, you know, and this is an avenue for it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I've got a bit of a, a caricature of a, a, like a US soldier. Well, I, and in my at head. the same time, you know, there's hundreds and thousands of those people, so it probably does align with quite a few of them. Yeah. One of the interesting things about um, that we touched on earlier was the age of people as well. Because when you think back to war in you know previous centuries, the people that were conscripted were kids, you know, teenagers. Um, people pretended to be older than they actually were in order to go and serve because it was seen as a duty or noble or respected so much um, or essential. Um, but when you actually think about like 19-year-olds charging into battle um, with a couple of weeks' worth of training and then facing down in a war zone against other 19-year-olds. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucking... It's crazy, right? Yeah. Imagining... We're older than so many of those people. Yeah. Um, uh, just, just the idea of imagining just someone's head you know, blowing up in front of you, seeing like the, seeing the most horrific shit. Yeah. That basic, that you could only really see these days on the internet, but seeing it up close at such a young age. And then, and then with no support, network, do- with no understanding, no choice in what you do. <laughs> like, I, I, I just be like, what, why? Like, why? This it, it in in some sense it just seems so stupid, like it seems like okay if you if I if I'm if I'm Australia and I want you know terri- I I want like you know territory of Indonesia and I'm the governor and I'm thinking okay we're going to invade in Indonesia and claim this territory for whatever reason it seems like. The I the I like how do you get to how do you get to war how do you get to a point where it it's necessary at that point for you to harm the people of that nation yeah it seems like there there should be another way like maybe you know you do like a debating contest <laughs> you're thinking of <laughs> or, diplomacy. <laughs> like it seems like it, it's I don't necessarily understand the link between 
wanting another country to do something or another nation to do something or give you something or whatever it is and needing the only way forward is for you to harm their people well it's a it's like it, like, it doesn't necessarily correlate it doesn't necessarily connect yeah except you know that, what i mean yeah i mean historically it we gets were... their attention that's what it is it gets the it gets their attention that's what it is well it, yeah you i mean fuck but up it's their shit but it's it's also i mean look there's arguments here to be um you could bring in the concept of like masculinity and dick swinging you know if you're i mean historically for hundreds of hundreds of years um the leaders of just about every place on earth were men and if you want a thing and you're an uneducated you know 19th century man um what's the way you get the thing you go and beat up the other guy till he gives you the thing right like that was that was just kind of coarse masculine well, biology for well, millennia I would, right i would argue that that's extrapolated yes, to but also to the animal kingdom that's what i mean largely that's what yeah. i'm like there's a there's a lineage of the way that that humans as creatures solve their problems which that's was, interesting you just go that's and you beat them up and you take their shit right so that's interesting because it's like it is in that way an extrapolation of you know, just another predator in the savannah. Yeah. And, um, and wanting something, wanting the women, the, you know, the, the head, the yeah, alpha it's, lion. It's, it's a wanting the, yeah. yeah. It's just that. It's Well, it's literally territory, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. ter- staking a territory, claiming its assets, um, doing with that space what you want to, right? It's, it's just biology. Um, and so the idea that actually, why don't we talk this out as is such an obvious solution? Well, <laughs> we've only recently got to the point where we can talk about things speedily. At all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, at all. Yeah. On it, like a yeah. like, biological skin sense, but even like, you know, it used to be, you'd have to send a letter around the side of the world. So you can't resolve diplomacy with the same efficiency as when it takes six weeks to travel, <laughs> you know, across yeah. somewhere by a boat. Or to solve yeah. a, 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 um, I mean, again, one of the ways they used to solve feuds or to strengthen houses was arranged marriages. They'd they'd marry prince and princess off to form a new, yeah, you know, monarchy, right? It was yeah. that was their solution to let's not have a war. Let's put this aside because now both parties are invested in in this because we've married you two together um yeah so it 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 was a gradual process of of diplomatic evolution to the to get to the point where we can say why are we bashing each people's heads in but i don't know if you can ever truly break free of that right do you think there'll ever be a time when humanity never has a war again so thinking about this all day. And, okay, so this is this is my thoughts on that. Didn't need to say that. Don't need... I can just say the thing. I don't need to intro it. I can just say it. <laughs> and here comes Michael with his thoughts, which he will now speak to... Now. Now. <laughs> so war essentially exists between... It, it's a tribal activity. 
activity. <laughs> what did you do on the weekend? Ward. <clears throat> it exists between <laughs> tribes. Tribes tribes are a funny thing in themselves. So I was thinking, what would it take for war to not exist? And I was thinking, okay, what about space wars? Now, if we came into contact with another civilization and they wanted our they wanted fucking earth would that then force us to basically become identify as earthlings because all of our tribe like our tribe ideas or our you know I'm a I'm an American I'm an Australian whatever that goes out the window because now the bigger threat is not the fucking chinese it's the Glongians who have come to inhabit Earth because they're looking for another planet with oxygen and they are also oxygenated. So it doesn't really say, that theory doesn't really um, say that war will com- com- be completely eradicated, but intergalactic war might eradicate Earth war. Earth wars. It's or, a good point. In the same way that the various territories of within a nation sort of gave up fighting within uh, within when you became like a, a nation as a whole and started fighting out, right? Yeah, um, well, it becomes... It becomes... The problem becomes it's, way it's, bigger. It's unity, right? Who's, who's us? Who's us and who's them? Yeah. Um, if we had another, if there was another species, we would instantly become people of Earth. Yeah, the um, which is question... which is what the government wants you to think. <laughs> by the way, take off that tinfoil hat. Um, there's a very good um, series of books called "The Three Body Problem" um, and "The Dark Forest" and "Death's End," um, which I will recommend to you. Um, that are a science fiction um, series about just that, which is that an alien species um, discovers where Earth is and uh, is going to come and invade. But they're so far away that it'll happen 400 years in the future. And what does oh. Earth do knowing that there's an invasion coming in 10 generations' time, 112 generations' time? It's a really fucking good What good year sci-fi. is that book? Oh, like 2012 or something. It's pretty recent. It's a Chinese author called oh. Chichin Lu. Okay, I don't read Chinese. No, it's in English, but it's uh, it was translated from Chinese. But you have to read it from right to left. You have to. <laughs> yeah, all the words are backwards. Um, <laughs> Damn it. The, uh, it is a very... If, if, you, if you get uh, into that conceptually, then yes, it's a, it's a very good way to enjoy that. Um, I hope that happens just as I'm about to die. You just want to see a glimpse of intergalactic war and be like, yeah, fuck, yep. that was cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now that I know it exists, that's Time enough. to clock out. <laughs> my, my kids, I'm very Download sorry. me into the uh, army bots and I'll fight when I'm dead. <laughs> um, oh, that was my knuckles. Jesus. Any other, any other sprinklings of war that you want to touch on there? I mean, well, we I haven't was, really. I'm, I do apologize. I was way more jazzed on this earlier on in the day, and I had heaps of thoughts. And then when we, I think after the 
technical issues are just kind of um, sapped. No, I thought you were very froze. You froze up a little bit. No, no it didn't make some, any sense. No, you brought you brought lots of um, good thoughts and tangents in. I you uh, the, being the harsh thing, on yourself. Yeah. No, I'm not being harsh on myself. I know when it happens. It happened last time when we were talking about the transgender in sports. I've got like this. This is what happens. I've got like all these like ideas and thoughts on it but they're not fully formed they're like like green bananas and <laughs> and then i'm just like they're just a bunch of green bananas and i'm just like and then we do the podcast and i'm just like a banana vendor and then i'm just like you know what fuck it just have a banana have a banana have a banana and then all of my customers are going this is not ripe this is not and i'm just saying wait to satisfy me um well, we're always able to revisit topics as well. Um, I mean, uh, I don't think that we're going to walk out of this discussion having concluded war is bad. It was never like there was a question here to answer. It was more just an exploration to see what we thought about the, the topic, right? There's, That's what this always is. It's just like... Well, yeah, but sometimes it's, it's it comes from a question and sometimes it comes from an interest. And I think this is just a podcast about an interest, which is what does war mean to us and what, are, what do we think about the people who participate in it and the, the governments that orchestrate it and what will it look like in the future? I mean, there's a whole other technological angle there, which we haven't touched on, which is... You know, what does drones mean in this day and age? And what does cyber warfare mean? And what does... Well, that's um, the thing. So there, I'm just going to say this real quick, just because I, I, I learned it and now I have to get it out. Um, that the this guy was t- talking about the different domains of war. And he was saying, okay, so you got land, sea, air, and then you got space, space and cyber. My five favorite porn categories. <laughs> <laughs> but what's scary is like how if you if you if you think about war in the future, I mean we haven't really seen. I mean we've seen chemical warfare used on its own people, i.e., um, what was his name Assad in Syria, mm. but you know kind of international chemical warfare you haven't you haven't really seen. But that's fucking that's. Like surely where it's going. Also, cyber warfare. You yeah, know the I Russians mean, we're are already seeing working on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, cracking, uh, cracking some uh, like essential infrastructure, turning off all the power grids, or blowing up the internet, or something insane. You know, it's yeah. all. Sorry, maybe that's the answer to my earlier question, with um, being. Is the harm of the nation's people really necessary in terms of, you know, killing soldiers in, you know, World War One? Mm. Is that really necessary? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's shutting down their, maybe it's shutting down their systems and maybe it's slowing down their uh, use of communication. Yeah. Maybe it's not necessarily. I mean, maybe, maybe it's just Jim putting Dwight's stapler in, in jelly, you know? <laughs> There's, uh, I mean, there's. Maybe that's where war goes. Um, but at the same time, then, then you slightly. sort of you start to blur the lines between diplomacy and war, right? Because you know, sanctions, sanctions, stopping, um, 
you know, like a Russian bank from operating in the US or um, preventing them from receiving imports or that kind of stuff. That's that's a wartime concept extrapolated now to a a peacetime diplomatic end, right? Um, so I think there is going to be like evolution of some of these concepts beyond what we thought of as traditional war into a, you know, this strange 21st century technological world that we live in. And all of a sudden you'll be fighting in the abstract and, and government versus government may not involve any humans at all. You know, it's a, is, is that arguably a good outcome? Probably, if you're looking at the yeah, pure probably. human cost. But um, what what's the outcome that you get from an attack like that? Like, if you're disabling infrastructure, well, that will still hurt innocents, won't it? Yeah, I guess. But you could also, like... I mean, if you... if you, um, Yeah, it would. But, I mean, I'm sure if it's been It wouldn't be before, killing them like an you army. Could, yeah. You could stop someone's supply of fuel and then your whole then your the whole nation can't drive yeah i mean it's probably going to inadvertently hurt some people but it in itself it's not really harmful yeah it's more like siege warfare well we can always pick up war again if you have intervening thoughts um yeah i'd be interested to know what people uh listening at home think about think what's your thoughts on war what's have you ever been interested in joining the uh, um, services and and what do you think they should play in terms of role in in modern democracy get in touch i um, put up a link for um the recruitment <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll put in a um, a photo of you with a um, sailor's hat um <laughs> The oh, before I jump on, did did your um garage band end up recording or is it? It's yeah, all it actually ideas? just um started nice working okay. fine. Cool. Well, let's not jinx it. Uh, there's probably a good chunk in there that oh, I know it's gonna be it's missing. A, it's gonna be a headache. <laughs> but I apologize. You know, that's all right. It, it, I do. I feel really bad when that happens. I do. Yeah, I mean, look shit shit happens <laughs> um that's the, all you got that didn't make me feel better at all well i mean what, I if, what am i, like, what am I gonna so do good, i can't I, I can't buy a new laptop you can't buy you a new laptop so what are we gonna do you can either get angry about it or you can just get on with it um get angry about it fuck you man i'm sorry i take it back i didn't mean it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd get passive aggressive about it that's what you'd do <laughs> i'll be condescending about it <laughs> um do you want to take you want do you want to make a bet on who the next president's going to be and also maybe the um party nominees the party do you want to make an actual wager okay as in that's party nominees would come first right so who's going to be the nominee for each party and then who's going to be the president after that yeah do you want to do that simultaneously? So we pick both now, yeah. or you do the party nominees, then you find okay. out how it goes, and then you pick which of the two is going to be the president. It's a side pot. Okay, so $20 for the president and $10 for the, you know, the, the nominees. 
Does that make sense? But we have to bet both now. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not waiting for the nominees to be confirmed. No. In no, order no. to you have to, yeah. to bet the president. So it's all now, yeah. That can be a different bet. Yeah, no, okay. Um, you want to guess from all of the Democratic candidates who the Democratic nominee is going to be? Mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, you can cut them in. You can cut them in by at least half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I. Th- oh, fuck me. I. I'm really not prepared to think about this. Um. Can I. Can I table that and bring it for the start of the next pod? Okay. Because I. I genuinely want to have a think because it is still so far away and so malleable that I want to. I need to do some mental maths as to like play the game, you know. All right, let, I know let's, let's I know who I'd vote for. Of the it. next one. Nah, no one cares about that. Donald You're going to vote for Warren. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would vote for Warren. I'd also vote for Kamala Harris. Um, how many Democratic nom- uh, candidates can you name? Well, that's good. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Biden, Harris, Warren, Buttigieg, uh, O'Rourke. Um, oh, who's that fucking crazy one? Oh, you're missing. You're missing a couple of obvious ones here. Yeah, I know I am. That you're missing one, which uh, is like literally a deep thought character. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like one that you've pulled out of your ass. Um, you've got f- five. I can't even remember what I said. You said Biden, Warren, uh, Kamala. Harris. Yeah, Harris. Buttigieg. Buttigieg, yeah. Rook. Yeah. Um, Booker. Uh-huh. Missing a real big one. Uh, what is it? Bernie Sanders. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Marianne yeah, Williamson. I'm, I'm liking Marianne Bernie. Williamson. I'm liking uh, Bernie. With her crystal, with her crystal energy. <laughs> what was her name? Marianne Williamson. Oh, she's the greatest. <laughs> she's like a Kristen so Wiig character. Weird. <laughs> Dude, she's weird. She's weird just for a person. Not <laughs> yeah, even... not even as <laughs> she's a... a... Candidate. If she, if I went to like a family do of yours and he was like, "This is my auntie, Marianne," I'd be like, "Man, your aunt is a bit weird." You know, she's like Oprah's friend, right? Is she? She's Oprah's she friend. Cause... She she gives Oprah like spiritual advice. Fucking hell! Alrighty, I'll I'll bring my um I'll bring my bet to kick off next right. week's uh, next time's episode. If you've enjoyed this uh, somewhat probably frenetically edited strange episode, then uh, thank you for being so appreciative. And if you haven't, I've got so many other episodes for you. 120 of them sitting right there at deepfort.podbean.com. And you can just go find our weekly musings, some links to interesting articles. You can comment with us about the development of the world at facebook.com forward slash deepfort. And you can get notified whenever an episode go lives by goes live by pressing twitter.com forward slash deep and if you're listening on a we podcast have a twitter player, account we sure do 
I said this really? in the intro for the past 100 and something episodes, and you just now realize I say twitter.com slash deepfoot. Just now. Do we post the same stuff there, or are you just are you just pushing like some other some other propaganda that I don't know about representing us? It's, ru- it's mostly Russian bots. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you are using it through a podcast player, which I do recommend, um, as Ben has recently upgraded from listening on the website, like a fucking insane person. Who's Ben? Ben Camp. Uh, oh, really? Listening through the website like a crazy... If you are listening to this on the website right now... Oh, my God. Please. The Podbean website is terrible. Please don't do it to yourself. Get yourself a podcast um, app on your phone. Download our RSS feed. Search for us in your search box. However you want to add us. Get us in there and listen to it like a fucking human being. Why was he listening to it on the website? And why do you know that? Because I do tech support for friends. It's, it's another benefit is that you get to see all of the URLs to articles that we discussed. You get to see the photos of Michael wearing silly wigs. You get to see like comical visual jokes and all kinds of uh, multi-level chapter support and fast forwarding and everything that the modern podcast uh, feed allows. So don't limit yourself to a shitty web player. Fast forward chapters, images, links, the podcast experience, it's all there. Jump on your phone. Enjoy it. Default. <laughs> I like where that went. Um, Thank you. Now, uh, just on Ben Camp, despite yeah. him being a, um, uh, what would you call it, a technological... Oh, this is rich coming from me, isn't it? I'm just going to abandon that right now. <laughs> uh, ben Camp and his kid. wife, actually more his wife, arguably... I've had a little baby. It's very exciting. Yes, congratulations to Ben. Congratulations and his wife, to which of guys. course you know her name. And it will come to me. No, it's Laura. We used to date. And um, <laughs> so congratulations to that little family. Um, I mean, that's amazing. It is. He's my age. I know. He's got so a much child. more responsible. They did it on purpose as well. They did it on purpose. <laughs> he, it, I like the idea that he's just going around when they're announcing people that um, they're pregnant. It's like, oh, we're um, we're having a baby on purpose, on purpose, <laughs> on purpose. That, that's how I would just do so it. You, just so you know, uh, deliberate. Yeah, not one of those accidents. <laughs> Don't want to brag, but but uh, put it in there. Made it work. Um, and then, I don't know if, did we already say the name of the baby? It's a- I don't know. We might beep it out. A- Just because I don't know if we want perverts knowing what his kid's name is. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, we're the perverts. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, glomming onto other people's lives, how about a little bit of... Celebrity net worth, celebrity net worth. How much was it worth? Very close. Very close? Yeah. Right, that was straight off the bean. That was right out of my brain. That means that jingle got to you. Yeah. So this is a game that I invented, probably the greatest game of all time. 
Nick and I select three celebrities and we try and guess I think this might be what too they long. are worth. Could we do what? like could we do like two celebrities each? Alright. Yeah. Last time we, it took we... like twelve minutes. It's not worth it. Alright. Okay. <laughs> so where do do you want me to do you want a clean intro to that? Oh, if you've got one. So what we say in the biz? Yeah. We're both just like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> this has just been so, pain- like, so painstaking. Come on. <laughs> just get this shit done. I mean, if no, it's fucking, been... Let's not redo it. I'm going to include this bit as it was where we included the part where I said I was going to edit it and get a new take. Now we Ooh. all understand we're only doing two of them. We're just going to keep rolling because this is... This has literally I, been like over I, two hours now. I literally said the other day to someone, I was like, you know, after Nick and I have done 120 episodes or so, like, I reckon we're starting to get the hang of, get the hang of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Fuck it. Let's let's go. We're, it's happening. We've we got shit to do. Um, you're freezing on Skype again, so this is all just going to fall apart in a yep. very endearing way. Come up with our two uh, celebrities. uh and I will start. All right, here we go. How much is Marianne Williamson worth? Um, $200,000. $200,000? Yeah. Presidential candidate. Yep. Is that really what you're thinking? By that. Yeah. Okay. My guess is she's worth like $200 million. $200 million? You fuck? What? I'm pretty sure she's like a billionaire. Well, if she's friends with Oprah. That's what I mean, right? Ooh. All right, you've won this one. According to Marianne Williamson, her net worth is between 780000 and $2.2 million. Jesus, what did she do before? Uh, I don't know. She was like a, a book seller. Like she wrote spiritual books, probably. Fucking hell. Yeah. I need to start writing spiritual books. You, you would... It would make money. Well, I think you need to also be the person that can like embody that belief in front of people as well. And I don't know you could, if you could do like a cynical cash grab book and then trot it out and, mm. and get away with it. Mm. That's true. I'm too honest. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Haley Joel Osmond. Oh, good one. Haley Joel Osmond. Okay, child star. Hasn't really acted much lately. No. Although it's coming coming back. It's coming around. around. I think it, there's an uh, an Osmontessance on the horizon. <laughs> I think he's worth twelve point five million. Pretty low. Um, really? <clears throat> as a guess, okay. Well, I think well, I don't know, I haven't looked it up yet. Okay. But yeah. It's a tricky one. But I would guess his kid, like he hasn't worked through his adulthood. I mean, what we're talking about here is the residuals, and then if he's invested. Oh my god! Are you there? So Haley Joel Osment net worth twelve million dollars. Holy shit! Oh, I nailed that. That's a hole in one. Yeah, I'll go back and I'll delete. That is the literally the equivalent of a hole in one. That is amazing. Well done. Well, given the state of our Skype, 
I'm happy to retroactively conclude that we only ever said we were going to do one of those each. That was our famous game, Celebrity Net Worth. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.